So you know people actually order these readings for us. It's not like priests just look through the scriptures and decide to choose the easiest titles to preach upon. So whoever did this to me, thank you. So we could talk about little children, but I think we might miss the the meat of what Jesus is speaking about. And so let's just dig in. Divorce. What we just heard from the Pharisees surrounding Jesus was meant to be a test. It says so in the scriptures there. What else could it be? The Pharisees knew good and well that divorce was allowed, even in Jesus' day. Every observant Jew and God-fearer knew it was not the will of God, but it was permitted. It's in Deuteronomy 24 where we find the citation of divorce in Torah, and it provides for divorce when a man writes up a certificate and now his ex-wife is put away, a certificate. But to use this term, put away, is way too polite. This is important. Imagine the woman you admire most in your life, subject to being put away. Your mother, your sister, your aunt. The women who were subject to divorce had no say in the time of Jesus. This is not to be taken lightly. So in my master's studies in seminary, I saw not one thing about men who instituted this writing of certificate. So you can imagine there had to be hurt feelings also. I imagine the man and his buddies got together and commiserated because to come to this point is horrible for men and for women. Reading scripture in 2018, it may be easy to think that this is just a a story in the Bible, that they were just people from the old days. But again, these women were mothers. They were daughters, people with names, with families, with values. And for a wife, being divorced in the age of Jesus meant disgrace in that community, a life of of deprivation and a level of poverty that could really only be alleviated if the woman had a son who took mercy on his mother. And barring that, how else would you make a living in that Society and that economy, very little was left. There was robbery, there was prostitution. That's about it. And so Jesus does something quite extraordinary here. Now, in, in our age, within the last five years, we can look at this scripture and think Jesus doesn't do much at all, if anything. But what he does is he sets the tone for what is to come. Instead of answering the questions of the Pharisees, he asks one of his own, what did Moses command you? 
And then Jesus begins to teach. You see, he doesn't automatically side with the guys on this. Torah is a way to protect women by giving her a chance to escape from a life of deprivation. And it's with this certificate of divorce she could remarry again. And again, in this community, in the first century, this meant everything. But then Jesus makes a tactical move here. He does something wonderful. Instead of jumping into the politics of the subject, he again, as always, begins to teach on what God wants for them and for us this year. Jesus begins to take away the sharpness of divorce by giving a deeper teaching on the subject, by saying that divorce is against God's best for us, God's best for us. And because of that, Jesus has preventing this woman from being just thrown away. You see, marriage is part of the created order. We say this, we believe this as a church. Jesus completes his first miracle at Cana of Galilee at a wedding. And so Jesus cites Genesis. God cares about two people becoming one flesh, becoming so enmeshed in each other that the two cannot be anything else but one flesh. What God has put together, let nobody put asunder. Those are the old words, and strong words they are. These are the teachings of Jesus. We have them right in the Scripture, and they are not to be spiffed up, dumbed down, or explained away, as we are wont to do. As Anglicans, we have the duty to look at the whole canon of Scripture, to try to get context, our own story of salvation. And what do we see? Throughout the ages, we see communities of people who are seeking the face of God, and they do wonderful things, but they also fail. Man, do they fail. Over and over in Scripture, we see one failure after another of not living up to the standard of God. But this is no easy task. It's the easiest thing in the world to make fun of somebody who is trying to live to that standard. Torah was not kept. The Ten Commandments thrown out. We humans have the, the audacity to make the most horrendous choices that impact others. And to make things worse, we think everything is so private. Divorce, just as marriage, is never private. It's never just between the two of us, we'll work it out. It's never that, not in a Christian community. Instead of recommitting ourselves to one another, it's very possible that we get ourselves to a point where we just can't go forward. Now, marriage is no place for people to be tortured mentally or physically, and frankly, sometimes we just don't get along. Oh, my Lord, how many times have I seen people grow apart? And they do grow apart. 
and in the community of God, we are to always turn towards each other. Admittedly, Christ's standards for marriage are high. Admittedly. It's the divine standard, and we are not divine. We seek divination through being grafted in with Christ. But the divine standard expresses the intention of Christian marriage as being a commitment to communicate with each other even when it seems futile, impossible, or even stupid to continue on to do so. It's a commitment not to stray away into thinking that another person would be better than the one that we have. It's a commitment to know that alcohol and drugs and pornography destroy marriages and leave innocent people in the wake. That's what we're in this for. Now, it's hard to fulfill the God-given intentions of marriage with Christ in the center, much less for those who have no idea how God would have us treat each other. Sometimes marriages go wrong. They just do. And to say different would be a lie. And worse, how easy it is for those who may have had some struggles in their marriage but were able to overcome them to say something trite to those who have divorced, who've gone through that hell. How easy it is for those who have never been married to say the most hurtful and judgmental things. We all fall short of the glory of God. Never let us forget that as the community of Jesus. In one way or another, we all fall short, and this is truth. But recognizing this truth, but recognizing this, we still seek a higher level in our relationships. We do. So you remember the story in the scriptures about how these men brings this woman caught in adultery and asks Jesus, what are you going to do? You remember this? This story is just wild. So where's the man that was part of this adulterous relationship? Nowhere to be seen. But what does Jesus do? He forgives and then he says to the woman, go and sin no more. And how often we forget that last piece, go and sin no more. You see, that's Jesus saying, man, lift your eyes up. You've been through the ringer, lift your eyes up. Keep your eyes on the Lord. The good news is that God is ever before us. Ever to the sides and ever behind us. Always on the watch for a broken and contrite heart. His mercy is such that we may come to him in our brokenness when we mess everything up and we know that he still wants us. He still wants us. And if we're talking about divorce, he wants those two people, everything about them. See, in Christ Jesus, there's always this possibility in the life of human beings. Man, you can never be so low that there is not possibility, that there is not the saving help of the Lord. 
And so if you've been through something like this, man, know that this community's heart is with you. It's terrible. And know that we love you. And know that God loves you. Even in the middle of everything that goes wrong in our lives, our faults, somebody else's fault, both of our faults, remember through it all that God loves each and every one of us. The good shepherd will leave the 99 to come find us, the single one who has lost their way. And that's our marriage. That's the way we do marriage here. Jesus will seek the lost and bring them back to wholeness. And it may take some time, for sure. How can you go through something like that and not be broken to pieces on the inside? And it's in these communities, just like St. Michael, where all of that is laid at the feet of the Lord and through time, through love, through forgiveness, through thanksgiving, our eyes begin to lift to the heavens once again. You are loved, no matter where you've been. Those are the words of Jesus Christ.